From the Political Science Department at UW-Madison, I'm Adam Wigger. I'm Mia Wagner. And I'm Michael Mikowski. In this podcast series, we will speak with UW-Madison faculty members and other experts to hear their thoughts on the COVID-19 pandemic, as well as the political and global changes that the situation has warranted. This is 1050 Bascom, COVID-19. Today we are extremely happy to be back, albeit in a limited manner, with Political Science Department Chair John Zimbrennan to talk about how we as the university are tackling the COVID-19 pandemic. Even though we're recording remotely today, we are very excited to be back again. Until we are able to meet in person, future podcasts will continue to be recorded remotely. We are recording this at noon on Tuesday, March 24th, 2020. Thanks for listening to 1050 Bascom COVID-19. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today, Professor Zimbrenin. Well, it's great to be here, and I'm so happy that you all are continuing the podcast. I know this is a really challenging time for you, like it is for all of our students and for all our faculty and staff. And so the more we can try to keep some sense of normalcy, keep doing some of the things we were doing, I think we're all going to be better off. So I really appreciate the chance to talk to you. Yeah, we are definitely excited to be back as well. So with the department, how did the move to online classes go? Were there any bumps? What kind of behind the scenes work went on? So we first started to hear the possibility that we were going online maybe the Tuesday or Wednesday before spring break. So we had some indication of it a couple days before the formal announcement. And that gave us an opportunity to start to share some resources and ideas around with all of our instructors, whether faculty or staff or the grad students who are teaching their own courses or being TAs for us, start to share around some basic ideas about um, what it would look like to move online. We're incredibly fortunate in the department that almost a third of our faculty have already taught online, mostly in our summer uh, courses. Uh, And that means that we had a bunch of people who were already pretty comfortable um, teaching online and also that group of people could support others. So I have to say that our transition, especially when you think about the fact that it happened in the course of about eight or nine days, has gone, I think, incredibly well, right? Um, We pulled together some workshops last week. We did three online workshops workshops where uh, via Blackboard collaborate. So we all got some practice using Blackboard, but we also got a chance to come together and talk about some principles of instructional design for online teaching, work through questions about tools and that kind of thing. And then the university's done behind the scenes a really great job of pulling together support for faculty members. So we had a team of instructional designers Um, from learning support services who were on call for us all last week and still are on call if we have issues or problems. So I've been really impressed with how people have rallied together. Um, And and so far, we really haven't had major bumps. I mean, we're we're recording this on Tuesday. um, And we know there's still the chance that, you know, Canvas is going to give somebody some challenges or Blackboard Collaborate's going to have a snafu here or there. Honestly, I sent my materials out to my classes and fortunately a student went in and tried to access a Google presentation 
that I put online and couldn't access it because I had the settings wrong. And, and the best possible thing happened, which is that student dropped me an email and said, hey, I can't get into this. Can you help me out? So, you know, it's that kind of spirit of we know that things aren't going to be perfect. We know we can do this well, um, even though it won't be perfect. And we got to lean on each other and help each other out. And that's that's really what I've seen. I mean, I've been, again, really proud of the way the departments responded in terms of getting online so quickly. So you talked about how you got some instructions from the administration from above, but I guess how much agency do individual departments, um, PolySci in particular, have in implementing their own sort of COVID-19 response policies? Is every class a different case or how is that being managed? So instructors, in terms of, of courses, instructors still maintain authority over their courses. So the exact way they wanna move their classes online, um, again, we're going to get some guidance from the university. They're going to give us some some key questions to answer. Um, an example that we've all had to answer for our courses is, are we going to have synchronous or asynchronous courses, right? Are we going to try to get everybody um, in my 850 um, Monday, Wednesday, Friday American political thought class to get online at 850 Monday, Wednesday, and Friday and listen to me give a lecture? Or are we going to do asynchronous? Am I going to put up materials that, um, that people can access at any time? So, you know, again, the university's had guidance for us on how to think about those questions. If, if you move beyond that, um, really, as department chair on operations for the, for the department, I'm really looking to the college and through the college to the university to give me guidance and directives on, on how to um, make decisions about our response. So for instance, um, the middle of last week, we were instructed by the university to have everyone who could telecommute, so work from home, start doing that as of Wednesday morning, right? So that wasn't a decision that I could make, that was a decision that the university passed down to us. Um, you know, other things, um, I'm trying to think of other examples like that. A little later in the week, last week, we made the decision to close um, all of North Hall, but that wasn't our decision, that was the university's decision. And then just an intriguing little behind the scenes detail, um, it's still possible for a faculty or staff member or graduate student to stop into North Hall if they need to pick up files or download something from their desktop computer. and. This is kind of funny to me. I actually have authority to approve those requests. So I've been fielding these requests from, from people in the political science department. Hey, can I stop by on Monday afternoon at one o'clock to pick up something from my office? And I get to say, yes, you can be in there from one o'clock until one ten, and then please leave, right? So there are there is a little bit of freedom for departments in that way, but for the most part, you know, campus pulled together a continuity of instruction plan, uh, plan and team and a continuity of operations plan and team. And we're trying to just look to them for guidance and follow what they ask us to do. So I know that many students are dependent on part-time jobs, especially in the service industry or through the university, um, that they're unable to work right now. Do you, uh, do you have a message to students who are worried about paying rent or accessing food given the absence of jobs? So in general, just on a personal basis, my heart goes out to those students. My heart goes out to the students, to the staff members. There's a lot of staff at UW who are facing similar kinds of situations. If you've got a job that is um, 
that doesn't fall in one of the essential category, essential um, essential position categories, and you can't work from home because of the nature of your job, you know, you're going to end up using leave. So there's a lot of staff who are in that same position, and and it's a really tough thing for students. I, I think the best I can do is point them over to the university's COVID-19 site. So if you go to wisc.edu across the top, it's going to display a banner that has a link to the university site. There are some emergency financial resources available for students who, for instance, find themselves unable to pay rent. Um, in some cases, my understanding is that's going to be a grant that doesn't have to be paid back if it's a small amount for larger amounts the university does have some loans available to students some sorts of emergency loans so i think you know the best we can do is point students towards those kinds of um those kinds of resources that are available the other thing i would just really encourage students who find themselves because of those kinds of challenges um, they find it harder to to get their academic work done. I think the the sooner and the more often they can communicate with their instructors, the better. I mean, we're all talking about the ways in we in which we can provide support for our students by being flexible on our side of things. And so we're trying to keep in mind the fact that our students may be facing exactly those kinds of challenges. And I would just really encourage students to reach out to their instructors and and talk to them about what they're facing next we kind of wanted to hear from you about what the university is kind of thinking uh with classes right now online classes whether or not they might move to pass fail or if there will be kind of an option about that maybe what professors are feeling about that kind of thing yeah so the um you know the official word from the university is um that the pass-fail declaration deadline was a few weeks back and they haven't made a move to extend that. And, and I have not heard any conversation about the possibility of that being extended. They did extend the drop deadline. So if students you know, feel like the best course is to drop a course they're in, they can do that. I recognize that's not a, a great option for a lot of students. Um, so you know, right now, I think everybody should operate on the presumption that um, that moving to pass fail is a grading option in a in a particular class for a particular student is not going to be possible right now. Um, how do faculty feel about that? I mean, the honest truth is, faculty are going to have a variety of different opinions on that. Um, you know, I'm really sympathetic to the idea that students. Um, that some students might benefit from moving to that pass-fail option. I think for me, I would want it to remain an option and not an across-the-board blanket pass-fail, because I also know there's plenty of students out there who, um, you know, may be in a position to do quite well, and they want to go ahead and keep building a strong GPA because they're looking out to job applications or law school or grad school. And I think we want to, you know, still let students do that if what that works for them. So, you know, I could see it being a reasonable thing for us to, to extend that pass-fail option farther um, into the term. Um, but again, my advice to students would be to not assume that that's going to happen because I, I have not heard anything that suggests it is. So one kind of final question as we start to wrap up here is what would be your message to seniors? And we know that graduation is delayed and commencement 
may now be a video. What do you have to say to the poli-sci seniors who um, are looking at this situation? Yeah, I mean, this is really tough, right? And, and um, so again, I, my heart goes out to them. I, I'm so sorry that they're not going to have that, um, that experience that they were expecting. I mean, uh, I'm sure the university will put together a, a very good and meaningful ceremony, but if it's online, that's just not the same as being um, in the Cole Center or in Camp Randall, right? So, so I think we have to acknowledge that. Um, yeah, I think I think you know I could do my 49-year-old looking back at at college commencement and say that it was a a great time, but there's lots of great parts of life that follow after that. But honestly, that feels a little patronizing and condescending to say. I know in this moment, um, folks are hurting in a variety of ways, and and that's one important way that students are. So um, yeah, I guess more than anything, just really sorry that it that it turned out that way. Um, you know, I, <laughs> I also have some sympathy, to be honest, from my relatively low level decision making post. I have some real sympathy for the higher level administrators who are having to make this those kinds of decisions. Um, the, the last thing they want to do is cancel commencement, um, right? Um, and that's a hard call to make. And, and I do have lots of respect for the fact that they're sifting through um, the information they they have and, and making the best call they can and trying to do that um, soon enough so that people can can plan accordingly but but it's tough you know I um, as I think you all know I was supposed to go to um, Puerto Rico with students over spring break so I'm teaching this class um, ecological restoration as civic engagement with 14 students and a colleague from um, Earth Partnerships on campus. And, and we were supposed to go to Puerto Rico last week. And um, we found out on the Wednesday before spring break that our trip was canceled. We were actually the, the last um, spring break trip still standing at that point. And, and um, we ended up being canceled at the last moment. You know, the students were just crushed. And and I was very disappointed, and yet I I know that I can go to Puerto Rico on a spring break trip next year with a different group of students, and for that group of 14 first-year students, this was their chance to have that experience, and they're not going to have it. And and so some things you just can't get back, and 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 that's really painful. Um, you know, on a decision like that, I try to step back from it and think that was the best decision. I, it was hard to accept at the time, but looking at it now, oh my gosh, I'm so thankful that I didn't end up traveling to Puerto Rico with, with 14 students because the truth is we'd all be there now. This is just a crazy time. I mean, one thing I will say from my middle-aged perch is that, um, you know, I've I've lived through the the Great Recession 10 years ago. Um, I was just starting my teaching career on 9/11. Uh, um, you step back farther than that. I remember the fall of the Berlin Wall. I, I was, you know, a, a middle schooler or an, an elementary school student when we were still doing the drills for um, the possibility of nuclear war. And I, I mean, I will tell you, this is is as bizarre a time as I've lived through. Right? I mean. Um, you know, Amy and I are here in the house with our four kids and our golden doodle and labradoodle and just trying to make it through this time and trying to get some work done and knowing that we've got, um, you know, both 
work colleagues who we care about and want to support, students who we care about and want to support. And then we've got our families too, right? You know, Amy's family's in the Twin Cities, my family's in Missouri. We don't know when we're going to get to see our parents. Um, and that's really tough. And I know everybody's going through that. So, yeah, I, I wish I had words of wisdom other than take care of yourself and hold on to the people around you because that's all we can do right now. So as you were talking about, uh, a lot of students have, you know, uh, maybe family, financial stress, um, but what advice do you, do you have for students for this move online, uh, you know, to, to finish out their studies for the semester and stay on track? No, it's a, it's a great question, and I've thought about this a lot in the context of having taught online the last four summers. Um, and in some ways, the advice for learning online is not that different from the advice for learning in, um, in a regular face-to-face -face setting. There's some things that become particularly important. So, um, I mean, I think the, the biggest lesson that lots of college students um, learn and sometimes struggle to learn is time management, right? I mean, I think students face this if we're on campus, right? They're busy with lots of other activities and and sometimes it's hard to, to manage time to make sure that you get your academic work in. That is so important um, in the context of online learning, right? Because you have even more responsibility for your own learning when it's in an online setting, when you're not seeing a faculty member or an instructor every couple of days to remind you to stay on task. So I think, you know, even though there can be a temptation to take advantage of that flexibility that, that online learning presents, you still got to make yourself a schedule and stick to it um, or you're going to have difficulties. Um, so I think that's super important. And the other thing is just talk to your faculty member or instructor early and often. Um, if you're having trouble, don't wait to reach out. Do it sooner rather than later. Don't let yourself fall behind. Again, these are the same things we'd tell you for learning face-to-face, -face, um, but online they're just extra important. But the time management thing is the key. Make yourself a schedule and stick to it. Even if you're not following the normal um, schedule of, your, of when you would have been in the classroom face-to-face, -face, schedule out time to do the coursework or you're gonna find yourself falling behind. Definitely a skill I'm learning right now and experiencing. Um, so. <laughs> Professor Zimbrunen, thank you so much for taking the time to give us a little insight and be a little transparent with what's going on. We know things are changing rapidly and we appreciate the work you and the department have been doing. So um, thank you. We'll be back again, um, I'm sure, in the future to be talking about how we navigate this uh, difficult time. So thank you, Professor Zimbrunen. Well, thank you all again. And let me just say out there, especially to the students who are listening, if you, um, you know, if you run into challenges, again, reach out to your instructors, reach out to the undergraduate program team in political science, drop me an email. Um, you know, we want to be there to support students. And when we're online like this, it's, it's extra hard for us to know how best to support you if you don't reach out to us. So um, we're still here, uh, even if you can't see us. So. Um, let us know what we can do. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you. For more information regarding the podcast, please visit policy.wisc.edu and search for 1050 Bascom. For more information on the university's policies and responses to the pandemic, 
please visit covid19.wisc.edu. You can find more episodes on all streaming platforms. And if you enjoyed this episode, please rate, follow, and subscribe. Thanks for listening to 1050 Bascom COVID-19. Stay safe and take care of each other. Thank you.